Livecast, and this is covering Hardcore TV episodes 52 and 53 from April 12th and April 19th of 1994. I'm Mike Prue, along with JV, as always. JV, what's going on? Nothing much. Looking to uh, get into some more ECW. Things are really picking up here. Yeah, we left off what Hawk. Like yeah. something's going on at Hawk, right? Right. Maybe like, yeah, Hawk. Hawk returned. After the match with Shane Douglas and Paul Diamond. And Hawk had some shit to say. Which led us to having a little rant about LOD and the Road Warriors. <laughs> at the end of our last episode. Which was our one year anniversary episode. And might as well just say it now. We got some shit from the BTT guys. Not Mike Mills. But his cohorts. Doc Turner and Hardbody Hopper. They did a live chat last week. And on one of their most recent episodes, Mike thanked us, you know, for doing it. And, you know, we're one one year through it all. And those guys bust our chops a little bit saying one year, one year. They've been doing their show for five years. They're like, one year. Oh, my hero. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of shit. Like, oh, yeah. Pat yourself on the back. One year anniversary. (laughs) And then Harper. He said, oh, that's like when people say, oh, we've been together for six months. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Just showed our three-week anniversary. Yeah. Hoppa, I do want to clarify. I know you're not that's fucking fun. listening, but you know, for all the other listeners that know Hopper, because obviously this is the BTT Army, so you're very well aware of him. And let's, let's remind him, an anniversary has nothing to do with months or days an anniversary is a year anniversary as an annual meaning once a year so that's why it was an anniversary is because we made it one year not because we're trying to romanticize what we've gone through (laughs) so it's, it's just one year but on the other token of that, I do want to point out there are some dumbasses that say shit like that. It's our six month anniversary. It's like, eh, eh, that's not how it works. There's no such thing as a six month anniversary. There's only one year, two year, three year, four year, and so forth. So anyway, Hopper, you tried to bully us. <laughs> Good try. My comeback is, how about you trying to do fucking ECW for one year? <laughs> that was some shit we had to get through. So there's that. So thank thank you guys, all you listeners out there, for sticking with us for that one year. Because it was tough. And that's 
Now, that's part of what we're proud of, is we got through 1993. Shit that's on the WWE Network that people just fucking bypass. We're not even going to give it a shot. And we went week by week talking about it, taking up our Friday nights <laughs> to do that. Late night Friday nights. But regardless, I'm not fucking going out on Friday nights anyway anymore. So don't act like I'm some fucking loser sitting at home on a Friday night because, well, I'm a dad and I guess I'm a loser now. So <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, guy. <laughs> So that's just the way it is, but always thank you guys for joining us here on the Extreme ECW Livecast and for giving your $5 to be on this tier to book in the territory. Hopefully some of you have chosen to be on that tier just for us, but if not, well, thanks anyway for clicking play on this Extreme ECW Livecast. And also, check out JV and I's other show that we do. It's called the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. It's the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we've been going through his career from 1996 and up to this point. We're in 2001, early 2001. We just did the Royal Rumble of 2001, where Stone Cold won his third. But it's not just about Stone Cold. We also get into other things going on in the Attitude Era. So if you want just a little flashback to Attitude Era and Stone Cold, check us out in the Bottom Line Wrestling cast. And also, if you want to join a group that JV and I are part of on Facebook, you can join the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast Facebook group. It's growing pretty rapidly at this point within our first week. And that's pretty cool. So if you just want to be part of a group and talk wrestling, talk Attitude Era, talk Stone Cold, talk ECW even, you know, that's the group to join. So check that out on Facebook. It's Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. All right. So last week, or two weeks ago, rather, on our one-year anniversary Episode JV kind of said what was going on. He said that Hawk returned, talked some shit to Shane Douglas. But in addition to that, we had the Public Enemy and the Bruise Brothers continue their feud. We also had Sandman, who's recently here within the past couple weeks. He went up against Tommy Cairo, and their feud continues on. So we'll see more of that coming up in these next two episodes that we cover. And again, those are the episodes from... April 12th and April 19th of 1994, the 52nd and the 53rd episode of Hardcore TV. Before we get to those episodes, though, I'd like to give some shout-outs. And they started to do this last time because we started to get some actual shout-outs. Like, <laughs> something to shout-out about. <laughs> and there's even more this week. So, this extreme ECW livecast is growing rapidly, it seems, within the past month or so. and the first shout I want to give is you may have noticed that at the beginning of this episode when you click play is that our opening theme music is slightly different now. You know, we, we stuck with the this is extreme, that music, but we had some tweaks worked into it with the help of our friend from the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast, Joe Murata. So he's all responsible for creating that music. You guys hear Mike Mills plug OVP, our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast, every week on their show. And you also hear it if you listen to the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. We also give uh, shout-outs to them each and every week. And I just want to give a personal shout-out to Joe Murata here. You guys all know him. Cool guy. And he helps us out here and there. He helped us out with this opening theme and the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast theme. He helped create and it just... You know, we took the music, put some nice drops in there, and just 
made it a little bit more fun to listen to at the beginning of the episode. So yeah, it's more fresh too. It's just it's better. Yeah. So a little bit of tidbits in there, stuff that we'll eventually get to, but all cool ECW stuff. So thanks, Joe, for that. And I also want to give a shout out to Rick Beebe, who has become over the months our personal ECW research department <laughs> head of ECW research. And of course, Frank Alves is part of that team too. But Rick Beebe has been putting a lot of work and he always has something to give us on Twitter of some of the things that we talk about on the episodes, a little tidbit. So thanks, Rick, for that. And also, obviously, thanks to Frank Alves, as always, for being a good, loyal listener. And he tweets at Shattered Tank. And he had a nice tweet this past week. And it was the Dave Chappelle show, the Chappelle show meme of the crackhead. Is that crackhead? What's his name? What's his name? Big- Tyrone Biggums. Tyrone Biggums, yeah. All right, so it's the Tyrone Biggums scratching his neck tweet picture, or meme picture. And Frank House put, do you have any more of those BTT ECW episodes? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. So he's just always itching to get another one of those. So Well, even in the Bottom Line Cast um, Facebook group we have, he posted the uh, the McMahon bedpan incident. Yep. And it just fit perfectly with... Uh, Everything going on. Yeah, with the COVID. I forget what he said exactly, but it, it was good. It was <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was a nice one there. And he also, in the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast page, he posted the, and that's all I got to say about that, with Forrest Gump, but with Stone Cold's head <laughs> on the bench. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so that was cool there, Frank. So thanks for that. And oh, another thing from the BTT group. So I mentioned Hopper before, how he's busting our chops, but um, Doc Turner, I was in the live chat with him last week with BTT, as many of you probably were too. And Doc mentioned, I asked him, so uh, when are you going to join JV and I on the Extreme ECW Livecast? Because he had always talked about wanting to do ECW episodes. And he asked, oh, what year are those guys in? And like told him, 1994. And he was like, ah, no, no, I get back to me in 95 and 96. <laughs> so he doesn't want to go through this earliest stuff, but he's missing out. I would say he is missing out here. But 95, 96 is the wheelhouse for most people, but we're seeing the formation of those good years here as we cover on the ECW. Yeah, I feel like Livecast. my wrestling knowledge has grown exponentially just watching. I hear you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not like the most knowledgeable wrestling fan but like this shit was totally like unheard of to me i've never knew it existed right now you know all these people like tommy cairo all these (laughs) random wrestlers now yeah so it is a learning experience same with me because i never watched it 93 94 maybe some of 94 here and there but definitely not 93 it feels good to fill my brain brain with useless information (laughs) i don't have enough of that so a well, I, I think, you know, I think the listeners would agree that in every two weeks as we do this show, I think you need a little useless information like ECW in your brain instead of what else is out there that can go into your brain on a daily Give basis. Me an amen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're here to do. And I have yeah. a couple, couple more shout outs to a couple loyal listeners that did express that they listened to the show and. You know, they do follow us on Twitter and on Facebook, so I want to give a, another shout-out to loyal listeners, Glenn Abbott and Ryan Damon. So, Glenn Abbott and Ryan Damon, thank you for listening. 
thank you for the comments and you know following us on Twitter and on Facebook. So thanks guys for listening. And anybody else that you know you want to shout out, just reach out to us. You know, we'll gladly shout you out and thank you for your support here on the Extreme ECW Livecast. And with that said, let's now get into this next episode. So get your WWE Network all ready to go for ECW Hardcore TV, episode 52. It's April 12th, 1994. JV, you about set? Yes. Um, 40 minutes, 52 second episode? Yes. 40 minutes, 52 seconds episode. And uh, just a little preview of what the network says is, ECW legends square off when the Sandman faces Tommy Dreamer in singles action. And the public enemy defend the EC tag team titles against Mikey Whipwreck and Mike Norman. All right. So that's what we got in store here on this episode. So I'll give a countdown. Three down to one. When I say play, that's when we'll all click play. Three, two, one, play. All right. All right. So this is from last week. This is the main event match. Since, since we're recapping here quick, let's start off with a time check. All right, so I'm at 14, 15, 16. All right. All right, so Sherry whacked Paul Diamond in the back with the chair. Now Shane Douglas is talking some shit. <laughs> I love that word, ludicrous. I always think I'm like crazy. And here comes Paul Diamond's partner, Pat Tanaka, of the Bad Company and the Orient Express. Paul Diamond was Kato. Pat Tanaka going at it with Shane Douglas. Headbutt. As we continue this recap from last week. And Sherry's just free to hit the guy with the chair again. <laughs> and put it in the corner and sit down across her legs again. <laughs> oh, so, is she yeah. pulling down her shirt? Oh. Getting a full frontal there. Yeah. All right, so this is where Hawk's going to come running in. What led us to our rant last week, uh, two weeks ago. It does feel, I, I always say last week and it's two weeks ago, but it does always feel like last week. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it sneaks up. Ugh. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> it's like, I didn't want to stop talking shit about his promo again. <laughs> no, neither did I. But you know what he sounds like? He sounds like a woman in her 60s that smoked menthols for years. <laughs> you have crossed my eye, buddy boy. <laughs> All he needed was like a smoker's cough. Dead man, tell no lies. <laughs> Well, well, well. <laughs> Sabu. We got Sabu in this opening, and here we go. Let's see how we kick off the show. Uh, real quick, I want to apologize in advance for the beeps from what I knew. I have the sniffles. Editing them out is a pain. All right, Davey's got the sniffles. Yeah, and he and he can't mute his mic because if he does, it makes a little. Bump. 
Bing, yeah. Boom. Sound. <laughs> so I'm trying not to do it often. <laughs> it's pretty sad, you know. We use the same style mic. He's got the newest version of it, and the mute. It's all fucked up. <laughs> and there's nothing on Reddit. Anything I've looked. But if anyone has a Logitech G Pro wireless, um, yeah, the original. Let me know if, you know, if you know how, like the new one. Uh, let me know how you um, get rid of the beep sound. It's not in the geo. <laughs> so we have Joey Styles here opening the show for us, and his hair's looking a little poofy. Yeah, it is puffy. Poofy. It's like it got cut. <laughs> I don't know if it needs to be cut or it got cut. Oh. All right, let's take a listen to Jay Sully, who's back interviewing the champ, Shane Douglas. Let's lay out for that. <laughs> Jay Sully, apparently you don't realize that it's an honor standing next to sensational Sherry, all that gold, and Shane Douglas, the franchise, whom I must say has an extremely exquisite taste in women. But uh, Shane has a boner. Jay Sully, I must say you really look idiotic. You call that a suit, my friend? This is a suit. And the next time, the next time, the next time you want to come in here and stand next to us, please dress accordingly. Okay, now, Shane Douglas, I just want to tell you. Uh-oh. Thank you. Oh, no. Shane Douglas. Welcome, big man. Hi, <laughs> I just want to tell you that any time you need the services to me or my roughneck, Mr. Hughes, you got it. Now, our services don't come cheap. But they do come. Ooh. Services don't come cheap, but they do come. And who is Jay Jason to talk shit about Sully's suit? Jason's wearing a suit coat, but his fucking no shirt underneath. <laughs> I know. That's the only difference. And then they're it's also... Like the same coat. Oh, let's listen to Hawk. <laughs> I get the message. I know I don't look like no stinking brain surgeon, but I can put two and two together. Let me tell you something. You're going to make an example out of me. Hit me over the head with a chair. Well, brother, that hurt. <laughs> but it didn't hurt like I had a headache. It hurt like... I can't think. Some pain feels good. That felt good as bad as it hurt. Now you might be thinking, oh, he's asking him. No, that ain't the case. Don't let the spikes fool you. But the reason I wear them pointy sons of guns is to just remind the people before I beat them up that I'm steel, man. Cold steel. When I sharpen the guillotines and knives and razors, oh boy. I'm going to get you, franchise. I'm going to make you pay the warrior way you know how that is slow dead men can't do pain <sighs> he is fucked up that's horrible that's that sucked. Was sucked asshole wow what I was going to say before the Hawk promo came on is that the Shane Douglas interview was like in someone's unfinished basement 
You had the concrete, you had a wall that was about to be put up with plaster, but it wasn't completed yet. That must have been Paulie's basement. <laughs> well, here we go. It's a tag team championship match. It's the public enemy against Mike Norman and Mikey Whipwreck. Oh, the Cabbage Patch. Rocco Rock doing his thing. Johnny Grunge is, got, is getting so big that he can't button his lower buttons. Oh. What's the stipulation for their big match coming up? Hmm. He's a big bastard. Yeah, he's huge. A human cage match. Seems cool. Which is just a lumberjack match. But sounds cooler. Human cage match. Lumberjack match always sound hokey. Yes. And I guess the whole idea of like what a lumberjack match was is like if two guys in the lumberyard started to fight, everyone would surround them. <laughs> and just like oh, push him, push him back into the circle. Okay, yeah, get the fuck back in there and fight. <laughs> I had never put that much thought into it. <laughs> totally makes sense. <laughs> you could even call it a schoolyard fight, too. Because <laughs> the same kind of thing would happen. Mm hmm. So this match is going on. <laughs> and they're just talking. Like, they weren't... For you guys not watching along with us, they weren't just talking over the match. The, the camera was on Joey Styles and Maddie in the house that whole time. While the match was happening. Oh, look at a young, spry Mikey Whipwreck just jumping into the ring. With his, yeah, all quick. One of his early dragon shirts. <laughs> Ooh, must be a. It's April. Right. Must be a cool night because the fans aren't on. You see that? There's no fan on in that building. No. That building is hot as hell. Like he's, like. Oh, his, know, the ref looks tired. Oh, his head's shiny. You know what that means? What's he doing here? Oh, nice. That was nice. Yeah, that was a solid belly-to-back suplex from Rocco Rock to Mikey Whipwreck. Now Rocco Rock is arguing with the ref, who I believe is Jim Molyneux, or John Finnegan. <laughs> I can't tell the difference between them. But Rocco Rock rebounds with a DDT, and now he's mouthing to the camera. All right, so the style that they're wearing. So we got Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. They're wearing their jerseys. They're buttoning up jerseys. They're wearing it with the one button buttoned at the top and all the other buttons not buttoned and I can understand that in a wrestling perspective you know because it would be restrictive to you to have all the buttons but it was also kind of a style in the early 90s 90s what the fuck am I saying early 90s <laughs> to wear button downs like that that was kind of like the like Conan yeah, did it, it. right yep more like a 
a Latin Kings type of thing. Yeah. It was definitely common, though. Right. Yeah, and we'd even see Cambodian kids in our school wearing it like yeah. that. Oh, steps right on his throat. Oh! Oof. That was dope. Rocker Rock hits a flip drop kick off the top rope onto Mikey Whipwreck to make easy work of him. I can't tell if Public Enemy's over or not. It feels like the fans are booing them. It does seem that way. Which is shocking because they're actually right. I mean, considering they're entertaining. Right. They're, they're entertaining. Partners. They're one of the cooler teams to come around they're innovative really at this point yeah they're not bad at anything alright so Joey Styles back in the Eagles nest with Matty in the house They really can't just get over the fact that it's a human cage. They're trying to say it's a human cage match, but Joey Styles continues to say it's a lumberjack match. Like, just say it's a human cage match and explain the rules and people will get what it is. You know, the I'm not sorry thing that he always does. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. All right, we get a little video package here with some shit music. Of the Bruise Brothers and the Public Enemy feud. And I don't think there was any music tied to this. Nope, there wasn't. And we didn't get any requests for music, but there is music that I did find that were in these episodes that we will play. And <laughs> I don't know if everyone's going to like it, but hey, too bad. It was in the ECW show and nobody requested, so you're going to get it. And I'll reveal what it is, I think, in the next video package that comes up. <laughs> this will be interesting. <laughs> What's that? So that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I actually like the song, so maybe some other people secretly do too. Just brings you back to 94. Nice little package here. Yeah, the feud's been going on for a few weeks. And we watched this two episodes ago? Yeah. Well, yeah, on the last... So, 23? Yeah, 23 and 24, this has been going on, yep. This stuff right here is from last time, from episode 24. <laughs> yeah, and we thought they won the tag titles. But apparently they didn't win the tag titles. Because they didn't pin him in the ring. That's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. A human cage match. Now they're playing the rest of the card. Shane Douglas versus Hawk. Terry Funk versus Mr. Hughes. This wasn't even a super card. This was just a regular show coming up. And Sandman versus Tommy Cairo. Tommy Cairo. But basically what this is, this is what the next TV shows will be. Yep. Because all these matches will end up being part of the program. 
All right, let's listen to Jay Sully and JT Smith. JT, it's common knowledge these days. You've re-injured that left knee, anterior cruciate ligament damage again. They want to scope it. You've refused. The ECW has hesitated to even announce a title defense this weekend for you at the ECW arena. But you've insisted, I understand, you've demanded that you have a homecoming this weekend, this Saturday night, in your hometown in the heart of South Philadelphia at the ECW arena. You're going to be facing your scheduled opponent, the Pitbull. JT, are you ready for this match? Let's talk. You don't have no faith in me? Man, I've been beat down all my life, man. This is the one chance I got to be on top. You know, with the fans out there, the fans know what this is all about, man. They put me, they put me here. They put me here, and, they, and I worked hard, and now I'm number one. And so I'm an athlete, man. This is what I do for a living, man. I get paid for doing this, man. To whatever I have to do, and re regardless, I'm going to do whatever I have to take to keep this belt. So the people of Philadelphia, we got to defend our belt. But, uh, Speaking of the belt. Speaking of the belt. What are you doing? It's my time. The belt. It's going to fit really nice around my waist, J.T. Smith. Like it or not, you have to. Defend it against me. That's something you better be prepared to do. Ready for but you're no ready. paper champion, J.T. Smith. You're no paper champion. I respect you. You've beaten many, many opponents. I've seen you. I've studied you. Pitbull does his homework. Get to your point. Point is, you have not, you have not wrestled the Pitbull. You have not wrestled <laughs> why is he talking to us yeah. now? Why is he looking at the camera when he's talking to JT Smith? <laughs> if I was JT Smith, I'd just smack him with the belt right now. <laughs> like, are you talking to me? Talk to me. Let's talk to the camera. Their chance? The hell? From one end of the arena to the other, the pimples everywhere. The pimple can't be stopped. I've been waiting a long, long time for this. I've prepared myself. You better prepare yourself, J.T. Smith. You better prepare yourself. Why? Like I said, the pitbull goes for the juggler. But I'm not going to go for yours. I'm going for your knee. I'm going to rip your knee out, J.T., and I'm going to eat it. I'm going to perform pitbull surgery on you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Another thing. <laughs> you're not 100%. I know you're not right now. Matter of fact, I already won this fight. I can see it in your eyes. I always win my fight before I even get in the ring. It's called intimidation. Huh. Intimidation. I don't care if you're 100%, JT Smith. I don't care if you're 50%. You just better be prepared. You better be prepared to defend that title against a man who's been waiting, training, a long time to prove it. You better be ready, J.T. Smith. <laughs> I'm ready. You just bring it on. Saturday night, I'll be there. And I don't care if I have to be carried in the ring. I'm going to defend this title, brother. And I want you to be 100%. Because I'm going to give it up my all. And with the fans to fill up here behind me, brother, <laughs> we're going to take it all away. So, so be, let, let the better man win. <laughs> no way. No way. Just keep on training, brother. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your life. Pitbull fucked up that promo. Yeah, he did. I feel bad for JT like, Smith. Visually, come out here. Try to intimidate you. 
I'll say it in a second. Still fucking it up. What does he think he is? Triple H is gonna take up fucking ten minutes of promo time? Oh! Smack to the face! <laughs> They should have done that four minutes ago. <laughs> this guy's a camera hound. That was his whole motivation was, oh, I need to do promos like they do in WWF and be facing the camera and pointing my finger and yelling at the camera rather than having the normal conversation that they were supposed to be having face-to-face with JT. Yeah, the guy's you know right I mean? in front of you. Talk right. to him. It's not like, why are you talking to the camera? Right, so for those of you not watching along, Pitbull turns his face from JT Smith and is still talking to JT Smith about looking at the camera. And just from that, you know his whole logic or reasoning was, oh, I need to look at the camera and get my face seen. So, that was pretty shitty of him. Because you know there's real, not much real direction here. And JT Smith, JT Smith he, he stuck to his guns, and he did it the right way still. He just kept staring at Pitbull. He didn't turn to the camera say, look at me! Yeah! Fucking Pitbull. No wonder why they put him in a tag team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's your boy Snooker. My boy. Not yeah, my boy. This guy. I don't love this guy. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a sign in the front row. Carluzzo sucks. Hey, straw hat guy has like a leather hat on. Leather cowboy hat. He hasn't figured out what he wants to wear yet. Yeah. Still finding himself as a super fan. Who the fuck is this surfer boy? Don't you know we already have a Sandman? Alright, so who is this guy? Ray Odyssey. Ray Odyssey against Jimmy Snooker. This is an instance where this guy may have not had wrestling gear at all, so he just used his his beachwear. <laughs> he has boots, though. But why would he have surf gear on if they're in Philly? Well, maybe in April. That's true. <laughs> why the fuck would he have surf gear when that's already a gimmick? Yeah, and he's already doing he's doing swim moves, right? Yeah, he's acting like he's fucking. Yeah, I mean he's got the, the shit on his nose. This sucks. Two different shoes on. It looks like his yeah, two different shoes, and it looks like his he has like size eight feet. It's <laughs> <laughs> got stubs. Yeah. Ray Odyssey. I don't know anything about this guy. No. But let me do some due diligence while this shitty match goes on and see what I can learn about him. If I don't learn much, I'm sure our head of research, Rick Beebe, can help us out with the surfer Ray Odyssey. 
Hey, he was born in 1968. Bills from San Diego, California. He's 5'10". Probably not 5'10". He's probably 5'7". Eh, it's just a local independent guy, Northeast. He was part of a tag team called the Beach Bullies. <laughs> and then another team and another team called Surf and Turf. He really sticks with this gimmick. <laughs> no one could talk him out of it. He had one appearance in the WWF in a dark match in 1991 against Tasmaniac. So they both got a shot on a high sh- house show, like a tryout, basically. And WWF gave a hard pass on both Tasmaniac and Ray Odyssey. So yeah, Snooker's um, treating him like a jobber, essentially. Can't imagine this go- this goes on for long. Oh, Ray Odyssey gets the foot up. As Snooker goes for a stupid lame second rope punch. Hunter Q. Hunter Q's still sticking around here a year into his run. I think without glasses on, you have to drop the Q on him. It's more like Hunter Robinson. (laughs) He's got the glasses on. Well, you got to get rid of the Q in the third. Just Hunter Robbins. Decent drop kick, but Snooker's not even selling it. Uh, he sold it for him. Well, he eventually did, but he wiggled around. How much beer did he buy this snooker at the end of the match? <laughs> Thanks for selling me, Jimmy. <laughs> hey, that's a lot, man. Right. I'm not selling that dropkick spot unless you get me a 12-pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to say, though, this guy... Has everything but like the look. He's trying to get the crowd going. Yeah, he he does have charisma. He's definitely not bad. It's not horrible. No, he just looks goofy. Yeah, his hair sucks. Everything sucks. But oh, I like that though. This guy's guy's actually it's good. Did a not like entertaining. Hey, just did a splash onto Hunter Q. Robbins from. Inside to outside of the ring. Now he has Hunter Q in the ring. He rips his shirt. Polyester suit. Hey, oh yeah, he's slapping his chest. Snooker comes from behind. Super. Ooh. Yeah, nice suplex. This is going to set him up for a splash. We don't always see the splash, but let's see if the splash comes this week. All the suplex coming here. Oh, slingshot suplex. That's going to suck. Slingshot suplex should not be taken from the gut and over. It should be the legs and over. That's not safe. All right, so... We have Ray Odyssey laid out now in the middle of the ring. The center of the ring is Snooker is going to go up for that big splash. And let's see how good this one looks. They generally look pretty good still. Yeah. Nice. 
nonchalant cover, but Snooker gets the win. And you're right, JV, that guy was pretty good. Pretty solid jobber role here. I wonder if we'll see more of him. Yeah. I wonder if we'll see him actually in tag team action. Oof. No, he's not wearing a hairpiece, but that distraction may have cost him a victory as it was the Superfly Splash. Impressive debut for Odyssey. Big victory. Yeah, the debut of Odyssey. Impressive debut. Even Joey Styles recognized it. All right, so I guess the promo that I thought was going to be on here is cut out of the network, and it was supposed to be a promo of Jason Knight. Or a video package, rather, of Jason Knight with um, Salt and Pepper and En Vogue teaming up to sing What a Man. What a Man, What a Man, What a Mighty Good Man. Yes, he is. Damn you, people. Recommend something. I don't care if Frank and Rick BB recommend something every week. They can recommend every week. Yeah. First come, first serve. Don't let Mike pick. I'm just going with what was actually on these broadcasts. It's clearly a bad strategy. This guy. It's Tommy Cairo with no teeth. I would say, it's Tommy, what? What happened to his tooth? Yeah, he's a fucking no teeth. Has he always not had that tooth? I don't think so. And, and I thought it was jacked before. He don't look like a jacked guy. That's what happens when you drink Budweiser. You lose your teeth. He had some rough nights from April 93 to April 94. What the fuck has happened to Tommy Cairo? He's no longer an Iron Man. What's wrong with him? So Peaches is going to be with him? <laughs> you know what sucks about this? They're playing music over what originally played, so you can't hear the promos. It's just too loud. Guys, I'm afraid it's just too damn loud. That's a Back to the Future quote. <laughs> Welcome back to NWA oh, and here comes the Sandman. Slowly becoming the Sandman that we know of. And once again, JV, in black and white. That's his gimmick. He comes out in black and white. Like it's a dream. <laughs> oh, now it's in color. Alright, so this is a big match because this is going to be a huge feud in the next year. All throughout much of ECW from this point on. Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. Sandman's already looking like that drunk man. And he goes right after Tommy Dreamer and whips him into the turnbuckle. Still with the birthday. Why the fuck does Joey Styles keep bringing up Tommy Dreamer's birthday? Yeah, good question. He's been 20. He just had his birthday for like five episodes now. <laughs> like. That's as worse, you know. That's worse than how it is now with like girls or even guys at this point. It's my birthday week. It's my birthday weekend. I, hate that. I don't even like my birthday. 
Jess has been asking me for like two weeks, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, nothing. You know, yeah, I don't care. I don't I don't want to ask for anything for my birthday. I don't want anything. I'm an adult. No. Right, I get what I want when I want to get it. I don't need that sense of like gratification right. in my life. If you can think of something that might make me be like, oh, cool, then great. But yeah, don't ask me. <laughs> so I'm like, you should buy something so people know. Fuck out of here. Appreciate them. Well, what the fuck? I'm still talking to them. I'm still friends with them. So yeah, see, I appreciate you. <laughs> That's my gift to you. My birthday. Let me do whatever I want. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's what I, I say. Want. Once you turn 18, you shouldn't get anything for Christmas anymore. You shouldn't buy anyone over 18 anything for Christmas. Oh yeah. Well, even, even if you just want to do it because it makes you feel good. Well, that's pretty much the way it is in my family with, you know, adults buying people presents. So once somebody's 18, nah, there's no more presents really. Unless, you know, my dad will still, but aunts, uncles, like that's done. Well, yeah, I meant, I meant like mom, dad, shit like that. Yeah, mom and dad will buy gifts still, but everybody else, no. I don't want them to. I don't think they should have to. Well, they don't have to. Huh. Well, or... They I don't care. They shouldn't be allowed to. That fucking birthday schmirthday. It's like, oh, I'll celebrate getting close to dying. Okay. Wow, Tommy Dreamer gets a win because Sal Balomo comes running in. It helps Tommy Dreamer get that win here, so Sandman's going to be rip shit when he hears about this. Oh, yeah. When he realizes. With his shirt. Look at his hair. Did he straighten it? <laughs> And he, he fit that referee shirt on. <laughs> wow. So the reason why Sal jumped in and did that is because he will be the special referee at the upcoming show on Saturday. And that's what Tommy Cairo might do to Sandman. But this is special here, you know, you have Tommy Dreamer beating the Sandman this early on. Yep. You have uh, Sal Baloma giving out some stuffed animals. There's Snoopy, he gave out a Roger Rabbit before that. Roger Rabbit, low-key, one of my favorite movies. Same here. I don't talk about it enough, but it's one of my favorites. It was me! Same here, man. That was a great movie. <laughs> Definitely one of the top animated movies of all time. Oh, I was just at the time, eighty nine, ninety. This is way out of this world, in my mind. I think that cartoons and humans could be in the same thing. Yeah, and it, it was kind of adult themed. Right, it was. But I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street and shit like that before, <laughs> so not that I should have. All right, I can't be talking over Paul Heyman. So let's lay out. Yeah, that's like, yeah. 
AEW Arena is out to call 911. And speaking of somebody calling 911, let's discuss how everybody in the world now wants to up the violence quotient. How Sabu has created this giant trend, this groundswell support that everybody wants to be hardcore. This Saturday night, Sabu and Polly Dangerously are not going to be wrapped in the flag of hardcore-dom of the ECW. Oh no, we're going to peel away that label, and Sabu is going to up the quotient of hardcore-dom so much that we're going to have to create a whole new label for what Sabu brings to you people because everybody wants to be hardcore but Sabu's going to take it to a whole new level this Saturday night he will be more hardcore than the next Tracy Lords video he will be more hardcore than the welcoming committee for the tourists that rent cars at the Miami International Airport and as for me Paulie Dangerously haven't had a shave in a couple weeks and don't look like I really care anymore if you want to see as hardcore an AT&T hangover as Pauly Dangerously can give with the help of the most hardcore athlete that has ever walked into the squared circle, Sabu, this Saturday night. Sabu is going to take his opponent in the big, non-televised event at the ECW Arena, and he is going to send that dude on a one-way ticket to Nirvana. Yeah. That's really tasteless. Wait till you see how tasteless, vile, disgusting, and hardcore Sabu and I can be this Saturday night. And then everybody will drop to their knees, look up towards the heavens above, and worship Sabu, Lord of the Hardcores. That was great. Jeez. I, I that like was... The reference. That's an old point stuff. The what? What did you say? Tracy Lords. Well, the crazy thing that he just brought up was that he, they were going to send him on a one-way path to Nirvana. And this is literally a week after Kurt Cobain committed suicide. Oh, wow. Timing. Yeah, and he said, I know that was not whatever. But he recognized the fact that it's not okay to say that. But he fucking said it. Kurt Cobain died April 5th, 1994. Oh, shit. And this is the April 12th episode. Hasn't even been... It's been a week. Wow. Now, what are we into here? Mr. Hughes... Shane Douglas. Alright, so this is a big time squash happening here. <laughs> I don't even know who I don't even know who was in the match. <laughs> Shane Douglas and Hughes just beat the shit out of I believe Chad Austin. <laughs> Donnie Allen is running down. <laughs> Who's this guy? Billy Firehawk or something. We saw him last last time. Oh he did? He definitely yeah. didn't do anything memorable. No, it was Mikey. All the scrubs. That's getting clotheslined by Mr. Mikey Hughes. Every time gets whacked, you just kind of worry. Storm and Mike Norman. <laughs> Who was I thinking of? Who was the Norman guy? WCW. I thought, that's his I thought that was his name. No, Norman, Norman Smiley. Riley. 
No, I'm fine. That's what I'm thinking of. Even Dreamer? These clotheslines by fucking Hughes are pretty, like, legit looking. They look good. Wow. Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Cairo. Oh. Oh, Hawk came out. But Douglas. Oh! Oh, of course, Hawk is going to no-sell. That's the Road Warrior way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what he does. But now, sidewalk slam. Even even still, sidewalk slam, and Hawk is still trying to get up. Because he's just so fucking powerful. He's like Hulk Hogan. Well, he is a big bastard. He is. Like, he kinda, I get it. Shane Douglas is a pretty big guy, and he, he makes Shane Douglas look small. And they want him, they want Hawk to be like a big thing. Well, I think they're just trying to capitalize off his mainstream success. Right, right. exactly. So he, sh he should be no selling to an extent and making it difficult for them to just squash him. Because, yeah, what would that do if you bring Hawk and you just kick his ass easily? That doesn't help. No. Alright, so know what we'll do? We're gonna instead of playing What a Man, because fuck What a Man. Thank God. We'll play Nirvana song. Okay. Because of Paulie's shitty comment. So we'll we'll pay respect to Kurt Cobain here after this April twelfth episode. Just a week after his his suicide. But we'll pay respect to the band. And play. I'll pick a song. It'll be a good one. We'll play a hit. We played an obscure one not too long ago. But we'll play. A, you know, something everybody knows. I'm kind of partial to "Come as You Are." Eat this piece of crap. <laughs> Shane Douglas is just out outshines every episode. He's awesome. He's the best. Shane Douglas got his come come back on Hawk and walked out of there talking trash. All right, so that wraps up the first episode, and that is from April twelfth, nineteen ninety four. We're gonna take a quick little break, we'll have our music break, and then we'll be back with episode fifty three from April nineteenth of nineteen ninety four. But before we do that, JV, what what song would you want to play, Nirvana? I was um... saying, "Come as you are." I like that song. What, nah, what do you have? I don't have? care for that one. No? Um, I mean, I like most, so whatever you say, I'll probably go along with. Um, we'll come back with a break with one. i got to look some up. I, I forget the names, but I'll pick a good one. All right. All right, so we're going to get some Nirvana, and then we'll I be... I suck with music, I remember. Like, <laughs> I could try singing, but then I just sound like an idiot, and I'm not going <laughs> to resort to that. All right, so we'll have that, and we'll be right back.
All right, we're back now, and JV had chosen All Apologies, the unplugged version of Nirvana. I think that was a great choice. Yeah. Well, it was too. a great audio clip, too. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Great quality. Yeah. So hope you guys enjoyed that as we kick off our next episode. But I didn't, I didn't have a song for the end of the show, so I figured, fuck it. Let's just do another Nirvana song at the end, too. You know, in tribute to Nirvana at this time. You know, in April 1994. This was going on in a lot. You know, this was part of many people's childhood. Many of you guys listening, you, this was probably a big deal, maybe, in some fashion. I know it was in my life, you know, not that, you know, I cared so much about his life and all that, but it was something that was out there and people knew about. And I, I just remember, you know, one little thing that I always remember about this time is being in a convenience store you know, down the street from my house, Star Market. JV, you know, Star yes, Market. Yes, good old Stock Market. Yeah. Star Market. Star yeah. Market. Something yeah. like I said, Stock Market. <laughs> yeah, Mike lived at a Stock Market. <laughs> and there was this kid we went to school with, and his name is Josh. You, you know who he is, JV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Josh Servant. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Okay. We don't have to blow up. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say his name. Names. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of public now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a huge Nirvana fan and he had like his own homemade jacket, jean jacket with the, the smiley yellow face, the upside down smile, whatever the fuck their logo was, but he had the Nirvana logo on the back and you know, he, he was kind of like distraught about the whole thing because he was a huge fan. So that always stuck with me. Like, Oh, this, this kid that's like a couple years older than me, you know, this is affecting him. Like oh shit, that's a big yeah. deal then. So, I always think of that. You know, he to this day, when I think of Nirvana, I always think of this guy. That's funny. <laughs> that's weird, because I just knew he was just like the biggest Nirvana fan that I knew. You know, yep, or knew of. I had a classmate like that. This kid Ian. I won't name drop, but you might not know who he was. You know, at Cuss, and it was after. Kurt Cobain died, but he was still like a big Nirvana fan and would wear the flannels and shit. Yeah. So it's just funny how like the impact that band and Kurt Cobain had on like a whole generation of the youth. Right. And this just continued on. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, the good die young in a sense where yep. the band was already great, but became greater after, too. Because of how, how good they were and how great their music was is that they just became big and, and they and there's never going to be they they got bad. Because Yeah, yeah. There's no chance of that, obviously. Well that's why like so like uh, the, the this newer generation, the younger generation, like a couple of younger rappers died recently, like over the past like twelve to eighteen months. And you see people just like, ah, oh, what do you care? Like they're just a, a musician, and it's like I get it because I don't know when you're young, that's sh- that's that's impactful shit to you because there's not a lot of like, I don't know, you don't have a responsibility and a lot of importance. Right. So that's yeah, music is to. a big deal to you. Yeah. Right. 
and it could be the music that they listen to all the time. The music that they listen to when they didn't want to hear their parents fighting or yeah, you know, like or deal yeah. with their brother or sister or whatever the fuck was going on in their lives, they could put on music that let them escape yeah, for a little bit. It's a coping bit. method. It's uh, you know, it's some people use it to heal emotionally. Like I don't know, like it's proven to work. Right. You can relate to songs and it'll make you happy, give you a feeling you want to feel when you're feeling a certain way you don't want to feel. Yep. But yeah, yeah I just so, got philosophical on the extreme cast. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's a good decision that it's we go with another late. song. It's almost like <laughs> yeah, it's almost midnight. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> but hey, we gotta we gotta truck through it. And that's yeah, all yeah. right. Well, here we are. We're gonna move on to this episode, and it's a good episode. So well, I, I, well, the, at least from the card that I'm reading, it looks like a good episode. We'll see how it really is because I haven't watched it yet. Well, let's get into it. It's ECW Hardcore TV, episode 53 from April 19th, 1994. It's a 39-minute and 17-second episode. I'll give us a countdown, three down to one. When I say play, we'll click play and get started. Three, two, one, play. All right. Oh, wow. no. It's back. This... Presented in the most complete form possible. What Dude, are you doing? For the original here? production difficulties. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, because the quality oh. sucks. It's a nice look, though, for Shane Douglas. He's just missing the glasses from the last episode we covered. <laughs> All right, so here's Shane Douglas. Let's try to hear what he has to say. We were talking from experience. Sherry, how many times gold's been associated with your name? How many times gold's been associated with my name? It only stood to reason that when you took a positive and a positive, that great things would come. We call this the beginning of a dynasty. We said five months ago we'd be champion. We've called ourselves the franchise. And honey, I promised you that when we won that gold, I'd send you on a long vacation. We don't need you anymore, Jerry, here. What we're going to do is we're going to send you down to that beautiful beach that, you know, that one that you and I go to all the time whenever we like to go. Wait a minute. Aren't you coming with me? <laughs> Am I coming? Yeah. Honey, what I want you to do is I want you to go down and get the sand already. I want you to bask in the sun, and I want you to take this beautiful body and get it even bronzer than it is. I've got some business to take care of in East. Oh, he cut this promo already. Mm-hmm. Heard this. <laughs> three episodes ago. Not three yeah, episodes of ours, but three ECW episodes ago. Fuck. Who's coming down and breathing down my neck? You want part of the franchise? You think you've got part of the franchise's number? Let me tell you something, Hawk. You may be champion. He would kill it nowadays. Oh my God, he'd be top star. As he was close to being back then, but he just yeah. just kind of burned bridges in WCW and WWF. That's really what I think he did. Yeah. Just too confident in himself, where he was saying "fuck off" to everybody. Yeah, you can rub people the wrong way. Yep. Some people feel threatened or just annoyed by you. Yeah. Well, his big issue was the click in WWF. So they probably thought, oh, fuck this guy coming in. He he was able to make himself big star over there. We're not going to let that happen here. Which is a very common thing with people like Kevin Nash and Shawn Michaels. Try to put others down while they have some power. 
a former member of the now defunct New Dangerous Alliance, the Frank All right, so we're getting a little recap of Dangerous Alliance. And they're going back to Holiday Hell from December 26, 1993. This was Terry Funk against Sabu. And they're going to be building up to the main event match of this show. It's going to be Terry Funk versus Sabu again. But Douglas was not aligned with Funk as he immediately challenged the resident of the Double Cross Ranch for the title. Now they're showing January of 1994 with Terry Funk attack Sherry, who had her ass hanging out. <laughs> that was nice. Stiff clothesline. Yes. Yeah, totally stiff oh, clothesline. Oh, what do we got for uh, Douglas? For a timestamp. Oh, timestamp. All right. So I'm at 3, uh, 312, 313. Oh, we're dead on again. Look at that. Wow. Alright, we're getting some clips of Shane versus Funk and Sabu. That was a hell of a match from the night the line was crossed. And the great promo that came that night on February 5th. The night Shane Douglas crossed the line. Let's listen to it again. It's been a while. This belt. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. Giving it to me, Terry Funk. I'm giving it to you. I am giving you the giving me the belt. Isn't that silly? That is so silly. No, no, Todd, be quiet because that's that's silly. And I know that I'm sorry that wasn't very respectful to you, but I'm telling you, it's better let this play out. You take that belt, and you know why you can take that belt because it's gonna be the biggest thrill to me on the field. Whenever I whenever I take the thing back from you, that's what's going to give me the biggest elation, because I'm going to show you that this old man is not as easy to push around as you think he is, as you should have found out tonight. Terry Funk, don't put my you. finger on your chest. I understand it. I won't. You don't have to give me any belt, I Terry Funk. I won't touch you with my. You don't have to give me a belt, you old piece of. Gentlemen, please. Come on. Gentlemen. You don't have to give me. The <laughs> Love it. Oh, belt right off the head. That gets me every time. Ooh, fucking smack across the face is so great. If we have new listeners, go back to our older episodes when we cover that. It was awesome. And then just recently, Ultimate Jeopardy, Shane Douglas put a bag around his head. Yeah. So this feud is still fresh and ongoing between Douglas and Terry Funk. Now we're getting a recap of uh, Sherry whacking Bad Company with the chair and then Hawk coming out. So Hawk is kind of like the proxy at this point for Terry Funk. Terry Funk's out of the picture for a little bit. So Shane Douglas has to deal with Hawk. Or as he says, Hawk. Hack. It's kind of how we would say it, too. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it felt too natural. Yeah. Hawk. And then just last episode that we covered in the first half of the show, Shane Douglas and Mr. Hughes beat down Hawk. Nice recap package there. I feel like it's good to do that every once in a while. Give, like, a long yeah. recap of the story. Especially for us. Yeah, because we go two weeks at a time. So, yeah, we forget some of the little things that has happened. It's not like it pops up on your social media timeline. to Right, either. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but maybe if we are, our listeners would 
interact some more with us on the Extreme Cast Twitter page or join the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast group page. You can talk about everything that happens in these episodes with us and just be more interactive about it and we can chat more about it and obviously it will stick in our mind a lot more if we have more communication about these matches and about all the shit that happens. Alright, but we're now on to a tag team match and we got the Tasmaniac teaming up with Kevin Sullivan against Jimmy Snooker and RJ Powers. And this RJ Powers looks pretty solid. Yeah, he's he's small, dude. but he's thick. He's it's compact. Right. In a good way. He's, he's built. Yeah. Well, I think he's a little too cocky for his own good right here as a babyface. He's acting like a heel. It's like a bodybuilder. And Taz is like, stop that flexing <laughs> shit, dumbass. Just and Taz picks him up like nothing. <laughs> right, wax him with a suplex. Look, he was a wrestling buddy. <laughs> I love the combination of Sullivan and Taz. Me too. It's so similar. <laughs> what is that, the crutch he's whacking him with? Yeah, the crutch. Yeah. He grabs another crutch. I think he took <laughs> someone's crutch from the audience. Wow! Taz just whacked the guy in the back of the head. I think Taz is pissed that that guy was flexing on him. Like, who the fuck are you coming in here into this ECW yeah. ring and not putting my shit over and flexing to the crowd while you're the baby Sullivan face? Sullivan looks stiff, too. Oh, like they both look pissed at this guy. Well, let's see how he continues on. I meant stiff. Like, he's, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. Him. Yep. This guy just had six concussions. You know, in some cases, obviously, we could be getting worked, and they could just be doing a really good job selling, making it yeah, look yeah. brutal. <laughs> There's no fun in, in pointing that out. <laughs> no. I want it to look like it's real. <laughs> like they're pissed at this guy. But it, it, it it's warranted to bring it up every once in a while, because that does happen. People do get pissed in the ring and give some stiff shots. And I could see Taz being pissed off that somebody like that is flexing. Oh, Taz can't do the tree of woe. Looks like the... <laughs> this guy's legs are too short. It's the tree of woe. <laughs> 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 oh, Kevin Sullivan says, that's my move. That's my move. Man. It tells Taz not to do it. <laughs> I will sue you. <laughs> Taz, uh, I mean, Sullivan asked the... Taskmaster should have taught Taz how to do it. Taz went for a double stomp and fucking missed. Obviously, that was a work spot, but <laughs> looked pretty funny. That was one thing what Kevin Sullivan just did. And this is totally old school, I think, because I see this a lot in like 80s, like indies or like Memphis 80s. Is just taking a guy and throwing him through the middle rope. Yeah. Like, like you know, just get out of the ring. <laughs> like, for no reason other than just, I don't toss his ass out of the ring. Instead of going top. Right. Well, not even just, just, to, just in general, just like, get out of the ring. Like, screw you, get out of the ring. At least in this case, they went out of the ring, and now they're beating the hell out of him with chairs. They're just throwing chairs at this guy. This RJ Powers is just getting chairs chucked at him. Is getting, like, initiated? We I think he's getting hazed now? here. Yeah. And that goes back to what we were just saying before. I think they might be mad at this guy. They're fucking him up. Oh. They just slammed him through a table. This is cool. 
This is badass. The crowd is loving it. But I think it's at the expense of RJ Powers never wanting to wrestle again. <laughs> like, Rick Beebe, get on that. What is RJ Powers and were they really pissed at him here? What was going on? Because that was fucking stiff city. And look at him. He's on the ring apron. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. And an inexperienced wrestler wouldn't know to sell while they're on the ring apron. Once they get to the ring apron, it's like they're fresh again. Like, okay, I'm on the ring apron. I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. But he's still selling it. Because I think he's legit beat up. Or you can just call me a Mark. <laughs> Mark Prue, not Mike Prue. I'm Mark Prue. <laughs> Mark Prue. It's funny. So when... Jericho would call you. Yeah, hey, Mark Prue. <laughs> I don't know if I told this story here on the Bottom Line WrestleCast. Maybe, maybe I haven't told that at all. This but... is the ECW cast, not the Bottom Line cast. Well, I know. I'm saying maybe I told the story uh -huh. on the Bottom Line cast. Or maybe I told it here. Or maybe I haven't told that at all. But when I first started teaching, I had an advisor, I guess, of sorts. Uh, a mentor. It was a mentor. So you get a mentor when you first start, and they check in on you every once in a while. And this guy, <laughs> he never fucking learned my name. <laughs> really? He used to call me Mark Prue. <laughs> what a dickhead. He has to be intentional. No, no, he was just, he was kind of like an aloof old-timer. And I don't think he really put any time into fucking knowing anything. Like, he would never really check on me or anything. He would just say, all right. It was kind of like bullshit. Like, all right, come here. We'll sign these papers and do this. <laughs> but he would always call me Mark Prue. So everybody else would always goof on me, call me Mark. Because <laughs> I told him that. I told everybody else the story. Like, ah, oh, that guy fucking calls me Mark. <laughs> hey, Mark Prue. So that that might be my new Ooh, oh, rest, my stream. My wrestling oh, okay. gimmick name. Mark Prue. Yeah. Shit, if I hadn't been about two years, or actually going back to 2016 of being Mike Pru, I, I should have just went with Mark Pru from the start and hid my identity a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus Stephen Pru. <laughs> Marcus Alexander Pru. <laughs> like Marcus Alexander back when right, I apparently not <laughs> Well, there's RJ Powers back in the ring, and he's going from the top rope at Taz. And does a fly, nice, he's a flying body press. A flying body press, not a frying body press. It's <laughs> <Yeah. Some> cooking them. <laughs> this is a little powerful dude here, RJ Powers. Oh, I actually kind of don't want to wait for Rick Beebe's information. I want to look him up <laughs> while I can. Obviously, it's probably nobody, but... Of course, I missed the finish while I'm trying to type something, but... Taz ends up getting the win there. But they're still fighting. Yep, we got Kevin Sullivan and Snooker still going at it outside the ring. Double Naganaka. 
Here comes Hunter Q. He looks a little worse for Wait a minute, Sullivan's got his hands on Hunter Q. Robbins. Oh boy, Hunter Q's in a world of hurt right now. He's already been stripped. Here comes Woman. Kevin Sullivan's got a hold of Hunter's leg. Oh shit, Woman. Woman's got a hold of Hunter Q. Robbins the third. Hunter Q's getting stripped again. Uh, this guy always gets his clothes ripped off. Jeez. Now Woman's doing some shitty working kicks. <laughs> But that outfit, how awesome is that outfit that she's wearing? That all mesh and black. It's it's fully covering, but it leaves enough for the imagination. Just enough little skin showing and little pieces that's like, oh, yeah. Love that. Oh, oh we got Paulie. He just whacked him with the phone on his hand. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Yeah, the way like Joey Styles pulled his hand back. What's your timestamp? What? Thirty-five. Thirty-six. Thirty-seven. Yeah, we're dead on. All right. Like right when they cut these two. Right. Yeah, I was trying to look at information for R.J. Power, so I missed it. Alright, I didn't find anything, Rick. So help me out. <laughs> The most genocidal, the most suicidal athlete in the history of professional... Alright, let's lay out for Paulie. Mark, but you see, if you were here live tonight, I know this airs on tape delay a couple days late, but if you were here tonight, when we are taping this live, here at the ECW Arena in South Philadelphia, you would get to experience it all live. Sabu, and what he and the finances behind the Dangerous Alliance are capable of. What we are all about. How we can transcend borders. How our tentacles transcend organizational guidelines just how powerful sabu and paulie dangerously can be well you may be powerful and so is sabu i've got to ask you not that you've exactly been laying low lately but without sabu here and you haven't been up to the eagle's nest i mean where have you been where have I been? You know, everybody's been talking about Jason, the sexiest man on earth in all his suits. And well, they should, because Jason can outthink, outsmart, and outwit any manager out there in any organization, federation, or, 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 or promotion. But what I'll tell you is this. Paul E. Dangerously, Sabu, 911, and the finances behind the Dangerous Alliance, or lack of Dangerous Alliance thereof, we're all about impact. I-M-P-A-C-T. Impact. And when Paulie Dangerously, Sabu, 911, or anybody associated with us or affiliated with us, whether you know it or not, when we make a move, you'll know it. Because we're all about impact. Well, speaking of impact, let me cut you off for a second. Earlier this evening, when your man... Be careful what you cut now. My name is not Lorena. Relax. Go ahead. Earlier this evening, when your man 911 squared off against Crash, you impacted the back of Crash's skull with that telephone, <laughs> giving your man 911 a chance to pick him up with that massive hand and score the victory. Moments with ago, the choke did they cut like that? Your actions? I don't need to yeah. So they didn't show we, that. Yeah, we didn't see that. Yeah. That was supposed to be a match that they showed 911 versus Crash. Oh, they're just showing clips of it. But Joey Styles did say that they were cutting things, and that could have been part of that. Then he made his Lorena Bobbitt joke. <laughs> yeah, that's a shitty joke. <laughs> My name's not Lorena. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, Paulie was saying if you were here earlier, you would have seen this. Yeah, so they cut that out, edited it. What? 
The Pitbull just won the title? What? We didn't even get to see the match? What's going on? This episode sucks. <laughs> yeah, why are they cutting so much? It's showing us brief clips. So Pitbull wins the television title from JT Smith, but they don't show us a damn thing about it. Alright, so we're getting a little recap here. Rock O'Rock came from behind and attacked JT Smith. Hit him with the belt. JT Smith gets back in the ring, and then that's where Pitbull's going to finish him off. Win the TV title. I think they could have made time <laughs> to show this match. So there's Jason with the pitbull. Alright, let's listen to this asshole's public enemy and Maddie in the house. We have Johnny Grunge and Flyboy Rocco Rock, the tag team champs. Public enemy. There you go. That's right, brother. And I found some big news out, Johnny. Big news, brother. Tell the big news, Rocco. Found out about this man, Matt, Matty in the house. He's a big man in New York. Big man in the nightclub scene. I know that, because you know he invited us to a few of his parties. Oh, boy. Rocco, why are you so crazy? No, I'm crazy because I'm crazy because everybody, everybody's been coming after us. Everybody's been challenging us. And you know what? We turned them all back, Johnny. We turned them all back. Sullivan, Tasmania. It was the public enemy who stopped the Bruce Brothers from winning the tag team belts. Wait a minute. Public enemy just did a whole lot of nonsense talking there. We went just to like parties. the Bruce Brothers should be fighting like the Road Warriors because they're so big. Yeah, but there's no Road Warriors at this point. I, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, a lot of the guys they fight are like undersized heavyweights. Yeah, they're huge. Oh, they're back to them. This cutting and editing is weird. Yeah, what the fuck? What's going on? So many quick cuts. And as I said in past episodes, that's going to become the way of ECW TV. There's so many quick cut segments. They're trying to be different. Alright, so we're back to a clip of Public Enemy getting arrested from a few weeks back. Put me in a cell next to Vince, baby. Because this is the time where Vince was going through the steroid trial. He was possibly going to be in jail. <laughs> I wonder why Public Enemy wasn't brought into WWF for a long time. Yeah, no shit, huh? That's why he probably mentioned that. <laughs> hey, they, they put a shout out at you one time. <laughs> this is what these guys said about you. <laughs> you remember that time, though, that they were in WWF? <laughs> Real briefly, we covered that on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. They showed up out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck? These guys suck. And I had liked them. Like, 95, 96, and then when they went to WCW. Even though they got real lame there quick. Alright, so we're seeing the street fight again still. Now back to the interview. Jesus. All over the place. How much of an investment? You know, just a little investment. How much of an investment? You know, but <laughs> How much? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'm a little strapped right now. Yeah. Hey. Hey. What'd you guys do? You get you didn't see my wallet. What color was it? But 50 bucks, man. I'd love to give you 50 bucks for my wallet. Ooh, because I got somebody I'd like. like to give us $50. Oh, no problem. I'll 
Betty and House should just fuck him up. <laughs> Betty and House looks like he'll kick the shit out of John yeah. Grunge. Yeah. He put up a fight against both of them, it looks like. Yeah. Alright. Moving on from that. Now we got Terry Funk in the ring. What do we got here? Is this the main event already? Oh. Alright, back to Joey Styles. Thought we were going to have a match, but... Alright, so this is clips from that human cage match that was supposed to happen. And the Bruise Brothers came out and beat the shit out of Mr. Hughes. And what I think's going on right now at this point, Paul Heyman's mind, he's trying to get as many people to go to ECW Arena and buy tickets, so he's not giving away much of the matches on TV. That's true, because he wants to make money on the house. Right. So he's just showing the clips. It's kind of like advertising for the house shows. Which is smart, because he doesn't have like a TV contract. Like, Right, and it's just a local. It's local. Like, people watching this are in the area to go to this show. It's not like it's national where you have to show the big matches. You bring up a very good business point. So that's why it might be structured this way at this point. It's got to be. I believe it. Because it stays that way for a while, too, where it's all cuts and parts of matches. Just giving you the story, but, oh, go see this big match here. Because you're not going to be able to see it here on TV. All right, so we got Terry Funk and Paul Heyman now. Oh, that phone! Like that phone would not knock Terry Funk out. He's been hit with a steel chair before. Oh, yeah, <laughs> a phone is not a steel chair. <laughs> Hardcore God. Yeah, give me a fucking break with that coldest one. Oh, there you go. Whoa, Terry Funk's got a fucking bag around Paul Heyman's head like Chucky in Child's Play Part Two. Yeah. To the stupid business exec. <laughs> That's part three, I think. I oh, know it's part two. Part two, yeah. That's the Toy Factory one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you ever get around to watching the new one yet? I think no. we talked about it last time. I didn't see it on Netflix. Uh, I don't think I watched it on Netflix. I think, I watched, something I, have to I think it's on Showtime. Yeah, I don't. I think, cheap to pay for those channels. Yeah, I think those are free though still. Because oh, of, are they? Because of COVID, like on demand. Use them at all. On demand is ain't free. On demand is free right now. If you go to Showtime, you might not be able to watch a channel, but if you go to Showtime on demand, a lot yep. of the stuff's still available because they're doing the watchathon, and 
they extended it. It was supposed to be like two weeks, but it's been over a month now. I'll have to check it out then. Probably after this. It's not that good, but you like Child's Play, so you'll appreciate it. Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> shitty horror movies. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got Sabu and Terry Funk. I, I like how Joey Styles is pointing out that our regular televised TV program has basically gone to shit at this point. So they are recognizing that they've had to cut so much and put stuff in. And that now they're finally back to their regular show. And it's Sabu versus Terry Funk. So good explanation of why things may be chaotic. But this is just the beginning of the way things will be. One thing, one thing that really sucks about us having to watch this on the network, really, is that the music is such a big thing for the 94 into 95, 96 episodes that it takes away from what they present here on the network. And, what the, pro and what the product really was. Yeah, like the vibe of the product. Right. The stage. Exactly. Because really, the music was a huge part of it for me, anyway, as a kid. Like, oh shit, this is cool rock music, and well, yeah, they were using music that they really shouldn't have been using, right? Mainstream music, right? Because nobody knows that it was even on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they used a lot of like. There it is, through the middle rope. Like yeah, through the middle rope and go back. Yeah, that's such an 80s thing to do. It's a funk thing. You don't see that often. It's just throw them through the middle rope and just go fight out there. Usually what would happen you know, as we go through the Attitude Era and the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, we see people roll out of the ring on their own. And then someone follows them out, and they fight. Yeah. But never just toss them the hell out of the ring and go after them. I've noticed that. Like I said, I was watching some oh, indies in the 80s and early 90s, and I had just started watching USWA from 89 into 90, when USWA yep. was first formed after the basically the... The building of CWA and or the joining of CWA and World Class Championship Wrestling. They became USWA. And those are all available on Amazon Prime, all those episodes. So I started watching that, and it happened so often. Is that, you know, just throw them through the middle rope. It's pretty good shit. Kind of in the same vein as this early ECW. Wow. Fucking pile driver. Terry Funk to Sabu on a steel chair. That, that is what you call sit down pile driver because he yeah. fucking but sat down on the chair. <laughs> but just a little shout out to anybody that has watched those early USWAs. I just fell in love with this guy that I never heard of 
He's such a fucking great heel. His name is Billy Joe Travis. I never knew of him before I started watching this USWA stuff. He's fucking great. He's like a mixture of Honky Tonk Man, Ric Flair, <laughs> and just totally Memphis style. Good shit. I'm sure many of you already know who he is, but I just was introduced to him, and fuck, he was damn good. But man, look at this. What's going on here? Terry Funk is he's back at it with the chairs. He's tossing them into the ring. Slamming Sabu onto the table. Sabu has, like, no offense in this match whatsoever. No, he's not. He's taking a beating. He's about to take a table next. Oh! Sabu right into the table. Ooh, Terry Funk is getting a little... Ooh, Terry Funk is going to grab this dude. Who's this dude? Who's this little gnome? Photographer. <laughs> Yeah. Like, dude, this is my one shirt. Now I'm going to leave here with a ripped shirt? Fuck. This event just cost me money. Although, he, do, he does get to tell the story that Terry Funk grabbed him and whipped him around. <laughs> he probably doesn't think it's as cool. <laughs> Not at the time. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Terry Funk helped him out a lot from not landing on his head there. Because if Terry Funk wasn't the man that he was, and, and like many other wrestlers, he would have dropped Sabu there. But he held on to him so that Sabu didn't just drop straight on his head with that moonsault over the top rope. And now Terry Funk's going to fucking do a maneuver. <laughs> not as cool. Not, not that cool. cool. That reminds no, me of something cool. that I would do. Like it seems yeah. so easy and simple. Like all right, I'm gonna bounce and just like move my not legs. Only is up. it not that cool? It's just not cool. No, it's not cool. It's lame. But he was bouncing on the bottom rope and just <laughs> bounced backwards, <laughs> and nothing happened. All right, so Terry Funk just grabbed the ring announcer. Oh, Sabu just chucked the chair, and now he's going at it on Terry Funk. He's setting up. Oh, typical classic Sabu move here. Nice. Set up the chair. Like splash into the corner. Hey, but Terry Funk's right back up and smashes Sabu's head into the chair. Terry Funk's now setting up the chair in the corner of the ring. What's he going to do here? DDT? No. Suplex. Oh, he's setting. All right. He's putting Sabu onto the top rope. He's going to do a superplex on the second rope. Not totally a superplex, but I guess. Oh, shit. No. Oh, he was going for a pile driver. Oh, my God. That was sloppy, but it still looked like it fucking hurt. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are exhausted, so things are not coming off too clean here. But, yeah, still look brutal. Hey, this is a decent match. You know? Yeah. We didn't get this last time because Sabu and Terry Funk 
not last time, but the night the line was crossed, we didn't get much of Sabu and Terry Funk because Shane Douglas was in there for the entirety of the match. Yeah. At times dealing with Sabu, at times dealing with um, Terry Funk, but we never really got a lot of Terry Funk and Sabu. Early on in the match, there was a little bit, but this is what we wanted. Oh! Oof. Sabu always misses going, hitting someone through a table, and he always goes through the table. <laughs> Terry Funk just got right out of the way in time as Sabu went for a leg drop from in, in the ring to out of the ring through the table. Sabu's down and out right now. Uh, we haven't mentioned these masked fuckheads outside the ring wearing masks and just like workout clothes and sneakers looking like goofs. But I guess we'll see who they are soon enough. Otherwise, that'd be a big tease to have masked guys and not find out who they are. Distracting the ref here. Oof. Alright, so Terry Funk's now got a table in the ring. Selling that it's, knee injury. Well, it's, it's half a table in the ring. Yeah, and Sabu, like you said, is doing a good job selling that. Ooh. DDT onto the table. I don't know who this fucking kid is that they said jumped from the crowd that is getting beat up, but apparently that's happening outside the ring. Some fan tried to jump in, get involved to help Terry Funk, and the masked men are beating him up, and Ter and Paulie hit him with the phone. Okay. But the action continues in the ring with Terry Funk and Sabu, and Terry Funk is going for a figure four, but one of the masked men tries to break that up. Terry Funk's laying, laying out on him. Oh, and so Rockin' Rebel is the first masked uh, man. That's right, Joey Styles. He says, I never liked that guy anyway. <laughs> there you go. Alright, who's this guy gonna be then? This is fucking jean jacket. It's a humorous. Oh, 911? He had, he had no hair. But he said it was Sabu's number one handler. I thought that was 911. Oh! A third masked man! What the hell? With a neck breaker. A swinging neck breaker. And now this third masked man is going to the top rope. Uh, <laughs> did he drop a leg? Look like he dropped an elbow. Look like an elbow. Like like an <laughs> I think Terry Funk was too far away. Sabu drops a leg. Oh, now the referee's back after all those shenanigans. <laughs> it makes the three count. Sabu wins with the help of numerous masked men in a shit show of a match, but fun match nonetheless. Well, we know one of them is Rock and Rebel. Right, Rock and Rebel and some bald guy, which they alluded to being 911. Uh, this third masked man is dropping an elbow. Oh, Paul is going to take the mask off. It's Bobby in. 
Bobby Eaton was part of the Dangerous Alliance in WCW. And the crowd is loving it. Look at that front row pumping for Bobby Eaton. Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Hey, Bobby Eaton's the man. Oh, shit. Oh, there's On Anderson. Oh, shit. All right, oh, look at this crowd. Get into this on Anderson hype. Oh, look at that DDT. Another DDT. Oh, yeah, he's bringing the excitement. Yeah, he's an established star. And he's still in WCW. So that's huge. It's like, holy shit. Fucking on Anderson's here. Whoa, alright, so things are getting hot there. Fucking Bobby Eaton on Anderson. Yeah, and it ends like that. So Whew. Alright, so we're on We're on a build here through April into May. And it's gonna go to a big super show. And just give you a kind of little spoiler. The the big super super show super show is called When Worlds Collide, so that's kind of a idea of what that means, you know. When worlds collide, it's WCW and ECW mixing it together here. So we'll talk more about that in next episode. In the next episode, in two weeks, where we're gonna cover the next three weeks, we're gonna attempt to do that. To do that. That's our that's our goal is to try to do the three weeks. We'll see. <laughs> but we would like to do that because it'll set us up perfectly for in a month to do a Supercard special once again for When Worlds Collide. So that's the goal. And that's where we're heading. And you have Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Terry Funk. Wow. Good shit there. You know, especially for our BTT audience. Because that's what they've been listening to and watching, you know, on all the time that Booking the Territory has been around is these types of guys, you know, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton. With the Midnight Express and Terry Funk. So, right up the BTT Army's alley that these dudes are in ECW right at this point. So, good shit. So, pretty fun episode there at the end. And that's going to kind of wrap things up for us. But before we totally get out of here, I do want to remind you that JV and I do the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. And our episodes come out on Wednesdays. And this Wednesday is episode 74. And we are currently in January into February of 2001. So check us out there and follow us at Bottom Line Cast and also follow the Facebook group Bottom Line Wrestling Cast where you can also talk to us about ECW. So that'll be fun if you join that group. So as I said, we'll be back in two weeks on June 17th for episode 26 where we're going to attempt to do three episodes, 54, 55, 56 from April 26th, May 3rd, and May 10th. And then in four weeks, on July 1st, we will do this ECW Supercard special number four, When Worlds Collide. All right, you can reach out to us also on Twitter for this, ExtremeCast, at ExtremeCast. You can follow me, Mike Crew at NPRU83. Follow JV at John Van Damage. And with that said, JV, you got anything left to say? Nah, but I'm looking forward to... Uh... The next episode, since uh, we got some legitimate star power, right? Big time star power here. On the show now, so 
And and the good thing that we'll be able to get is promos from Arn Anderson. So JV, we've talked about it before. You're one of the kind of guys that's down on Arn Anderson. So maybe I wouldn't say down. No, I but the hype, I guess. For people that are like apparently like this guy's like top ten all time in anything. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, top ten promo, top ten wrestler. Yeah, it just yeah. seems like uh, I'm where I feel like I'm where I am. you're supposed to be with Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well we'll we'll see, and maybe seeing him in a different light that you hadn't seen him in, maybe it's a different yeah. perspective. You know? I'm open. You know? like I could be changed. No, I and I think a lot of your Arn Anderson comes from just watching him in WCW in the '90s. Just maybe, to be clear, maybe not all even of my Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> comes from that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so there's a whole treasure trove of Arn Anderson right. in the the 80s, like the real Four Horsemen era that is worth checking out promo-wise and match-wise. Eh, match-wise, whatever. Match-wise, he's just a solid worker, I think. But I think his promos give him uh, another boost, I would say. So we, we are going to hear promos from him in the next episode, so. I'm looking forward to that. So with that said, send your tweets to us. Get Become part of the shout-out segment in the beginning of the episode. We'd love to uh, see your tweets and see what you have to say about this episode and also shout you out for whatever you have to say. So we are out of here, and we're going to continue our little tribute to Nirvana as we head out with the unplugged version of Come As You Are. All right, guys. Enjoy your week. We'll see you in two weeks. We are out of here. So long.
friend Lori Goldstein on cello.